Welcome back, everyone, to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald, the only place to get your Florida Keys prep sports news and history. You can find this podcast every Thursday at keysweekly.com. Please share it, like it. You can find me at Facebook at Florida Keys and Key West High School Sports History. Thank you guys for tuning in. This should be released right around Thanksgiving. I hope everyone's having a great Thanksgiving and you're gathered around listening to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald. Last week was a busy week. I've been talking to you guys. It's it's winter sports time. We're transitioning now to girls basketball, girls and boys soccer, boys basketball, weightlifting, and we had a lot of events last week. Last Monday... Marathon lost in basketball. Girls basketball to Carrollton 60 to 18. Coral Shores was able to beat Divine Savior 41-33. Key West got the win in girls soccer 8-0 against Keysgate on Tuesday. Also on Tuesday, boys soccer was at St. Brendan's. They lost 6-0. On Tuesday, Key West boys soccer was at Keysgate. They won 6-3-1. Marathon Girls Soccer, also on Tuesday, was at Silver Palms, where they lost 9-3. Marathon Girls Basketball was at Gulliver Prep. They lost 45-39 on Wednesday. Also on Wednesday, Girls Soccer versus Everglades Prep was postponed. However, Boys Soccer Coral Shores at Florida Christian was canceled. And guys, a lot of times this is due to lack of officials. Please, 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 if you have the time... To be an official in Monroe County, we need you. So Google how to become an official in Monroe County. Girls basketball lost to Somerset Soho Marathon Girls Basketball on Thursday, 40-44 in a very close home game. Coral Shores Girls Soccer was at home against St. Brendan. They lost 6-0. Key West Girls Basketball went to Baron Collier and the game was canceled. No game against Baron Collier uh, last week and girls soccer was supposed to go to Port Charlotte. That was also canceled. Key West boys soccer did go to Miami to play against Dade Christian where they won 10 to nothing. Marathon boys soccer ended up losing at home to Palmer eight, nothing girls basketball last Friday at golden gate was canceled. Girls soccer Key West at lemon Bay. The girls won four to two. So they did travel over to lemon Bay for that game. So that's a wrap up from last week. This week, there's really not much going on because it's Thanksgiving week. I know a lot of the teams are practicing. I don't think any of the teams in the county have any games going on this week of Thanksgiving. I know next week when we go back to school, everything is going to be back into full force. So once again, like I talked about during the sports wrap, please, 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 if you have any inclination to be an official in Monroe County, we need you. You could actually go to keysrefs.com. You could Google how to become a referee in the state of Florida in the sport. And if you have any questions, you could call any of the athletic directors at any of the high schools and they will direct you in the right direction. We are very much in need of officials for every sport. It is a paying job. It's a great way to get a little extra money and get some exercise. Now, coming up next, our guest today was great. I'm not going to lie. He did a great job telling stories and talking about the old days. At one time in the state of Florida, Key West High School hired the youngest head coach in the history of high school sports. And that was Andy Siegel. He was 24 years old in 1994. He had already had a couple of stops in his coaching career. He won a state championship at Pasco High School as a linebacker coach and the head wrestling coach. He was at Southwest Arkansas at the time, and he talks about it. And if you think about it, at the time that Coach Siegel was hired at Key West High School to be the football coach, Pat Freeman was the longest tenured high school football coach at the time with 16 years. He was the head coach at Key West High School. I think he's still the longest tenured football coach in Monroe County history at this point with 16 years. So Pat Freeman had been the head coach and 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 he was no longer the head coach and and coach Siegel came in in 1994. His first year, they won the district runner-up, and they went to the playoffs. The second year, they won the district in 1995 with some great players in Key West football history, including J.R. Mounts, 
Um, we have Coach Siegel on today. Currently, he's living in the panhandle and working and still coaching, but uh, Coach Siegel has had a lot of different stops. He is a great football coach. He's coached at the college level, Southern Arkansas. He was a football coach at Winona State University. He was an assistant football coach and the head wrestling coach at Pasco High School, co-defensive coordinator, recruiting coordinator, defensive line coach at Quincy University. He actually was a player coach linebacker for the Tampa Bay Shockers from 90 to 93. He coached the uh, linebackers at Southern Arkansas University, head coach at Key West High School, head coach at Venice High School. He took Venice High School. They were 0-29 before they got there and only scored 14 total points the year before he arrived. Took the program to the postseason every year after the first year and led the team to a state championship. He has won a state championship as an assistant and as a head coach. He's coached at the college level at Dodge City Community College. He has uh, been the offensive guest QB coach for the Toronto Argonauts, the assistant head coach for the College of the Sequoias, offensive assistant at University of Southern Mississippi, um, director of running back information for the National Football Academies, East Mississippi Community College, offensive coordinator and QB coach, um, and a few other a few other stops along the way. World Professional Football League, University of Nebraska at Kearney, Savannah State University. And he gives a lot of insight about what's it like coming down to Key West and 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 put in that position and being young and being the head football coach. And we're going to take you back to a great time, the early 90s, 1994, 1995. And he's going to talk a little bit about the, the Mike Leach situation because after he left, Mike Leach applied for the job and didn't get it. So he's going to talk a little bit about that. I hope you guys enjoy it. And once again, thank you to Coach Siegel for coming on. And here we are. We have the last Key West High School football coach to win a district championship, Coach Andy Siegel. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm really excited to have you on. You're a part of Conk history. We're going all the way back. I can't believe I'm going to say this, Coach, to 1994. Is that your first year at Key West High School? It was. I just come from Southern Arkansas University and <laughs> landed on the rock. <laughs> so, well, I mean, you're talk I can't believe when we talk in terms of nineteen ninety four, we're talking about a long time ago. We're talking about a pre internet era. Um you yeah. were you were at pa- <laughs> yeah, you were at Pasco High School as a linebacker coach there and won a state championship. You're the wrestling coach there. Right. It's sort of the beginning of your coaching career. How, right. how did it happen in a pre-internet world? You couldn't go to keyschools.com and say, Oh, Key West high school has a head football coach job opening. How did you find out about this job and talk to us about the interview process back then? Sure. Well, I recruited Key West for Southern Arkansas and I signed Patrick major and Jabari Lowry. So I knew about the conks. I knew Pat and, uh, had been talking to Pat and I called him and I said, Hey Pat, um, what do you got for me for next year? So I love these Key West kids and you know, Key West kids kind of had a, I don't know what the word is, a stigma and not just Key West, but all keys kids that they'd go off to college and quit and come right back home. Unless it was like a Corey Sawyer or some freaking superstar like that or Speedy Neal, they would come home just because the, the island pulled them back. So I'd had kids that didn't, you know, at Southern Arkansas, I, I loved them. They were great kids, well coached. So me and Pat started talking, and he goes, "Well, I don't know if you heard, but I'm no longer the head coach." I said, "What are you talking about?" And then he told me, and I said, "Wow, that's crazy." And I went back to my office and just stewed it around a little bit. And you know, in a young career, I'd already been at my second college, and not more than a few months because we after Pasco, I went to Quincy and. We got let go because the head coach got let go, which, you know, dominoes effect and everybody gets let go. <laughs> so we were actually going through a coaching change at Southern Arkansas at that time. Our head coach decided he wanted to get back to high school in Louisiana. And uh, we didn't know who was going to get the coaching job. And three of the four candidates had already offered me a job. But you know how that is. You just don't know. So I was like, you know, I'm tired of my my future being controlled by others. I, I think I could do this. I was really young, but it's like, I think I can be a really good head coach. So I literally 
uh, went to the fax machine and huh. faxed down my resume and wrote a cover letter and just said, you know, I'm in, to Bobby Menendez and said, you know, I'm interested in head football position. Here's my experience. Here's the whole thing. And Bobby at the time, you know, former Florida State player in Conk was the principal. So I sent him my stuff. And I think Greg had just taken over his AD too. So, I mean, it was kind of a new direction. Everybody was kind of going and, and uh, they got hold of me and they said, we're interested, uh, you know, the problem is there wasn't any zoom back then and there wasn't right. any internet. And mm-hmm. So how do you do it? You know, and, uh, flights are expensive. And I was on a small college assistant coach's salary, not making very much money. So it just worked out. I had to recruit South Florida at that point when they were doing interviews. So I said, look, I can actually come down. I said, I'll, I'll have to do it on a Friday because, you know, recruiting wise, that would be my last stop. And everybody knows you recruit Key West on a Friday, so you don't have to go to the next school till Monday. So you got the whole weekend <laughs> in the keys. <laughs> so I actually went down, interviewed on a Friday, and met everybody. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I did a good job. And next thing I know, they I got back to Magnolia and they called me and said, uh, you know, would like to offer you the head football position. And, uh, well, I didn't have a wife, didn't have any kids, didn't have any stuff but a Jeep. So I said, I'll just throw my stuff in the Jeep. So how soon can you be there? I said, about two days. I said, it takes two days to drive. So I loaded up my stuff, threw it in the Jeep. And as I started getting down there, it dawned on me that um, I don't have a place to live in Key West. Well, the next problem was there's no cell phone. At least I didn't have a cell phone back then. Some people did, but I didn't. So I was like, oh, this is going to be an issue. So I got, oh, I think I got to about Dade City, spent the night at Coach Brown's house. And then uh, used his phone and called down, and uh, Mr. Archer, Glenn Archer, had a, a a rental home available, but it was somebody was still in there at the time. So I moved into the locker room at the stadium. I lived in the locker room for a couple of weeks, and then Greg Kramer had me stay at his house for a couple more weeks until I could move into Mr. Archer's home. Okay, so just a couple things for our listeners. When we talk about Pat, so you're taking over the job from Pat Freeman, who still to this day is the longest tenured head coach in Key West High School history. And legend. (laughs) Absolute. What a great guy. What a great coach. You know, he had the 88 team that didn't go to state. And then in 89, they went to state. Many people say the 88 team is a better team, but hey, that's that's the past. But you're taking over for Pat Freeman. He gets let go, and he's actually the guy that lets you know about the job. So yeah. a, a couple, <laughs> yeah, because you know Pat still stayed on. At, of course, at Key West High School, he became athletic director, and and, and he, was and Pat was my mentor when I was there. People didn't know that, yeah. <laughs> but I you know, I didn't know these other people. The only one I knew was Pat, right? And so and I would he, go see Pat. <laughs> Right. And Robert James, you know, he, he stayed on and helped me and, uh, geez, you can keep going, you know, judge Miller uh-huh. sta- stayed on and, and, uh, uh, Danny Jimenez and, uh, oh my God, I can't remember everybody now. My brain's getting out, out, out of whack, you know, but we, we just had some great guys that just kind of stayed on and th- they were conks and, and they loved Key West and they wanted to help me out. And then Pat would say, you know, you know, do this, don't do that. And it was kind of, you know, cause again, I was the youngest head coach in the state of Florida at that time. So, uh-huh. it, you know, it wasn't like today where they're giving 22 year olds head coaching jobs. That that was pretty unheard of back then. I wasn't 22, but mm-hmm. I think I was like 26 or something. So I was pretty young for <laughs> back then. So you, you go in, you go in with the advantage of having, you know, coach Freeman as someone that you have a good relationship with coach Freeman, exactly. you, coach Freeman's given you the lay of the land. I have, I have a question. If you don't mind, you sure. ni- 1994, you're coming down. Uh, obviously you're the head football coach and you're also teaching. What subject are you teaching? I think I was teaching weightlifting. Oh, that's a great job. All right. So if you don't mind sharing back in 94, do you remember your salary for Monroe County working down there? <laughs> it was in the 20s. I know that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I was just so poor, I couldn't pay attention. Um, <laughs> so, you know, thank God for Mike Blatt. You know, he he would he would make sure I was fed. <laughs> yeah, so. absolutely. Um, so you, you come down, you get interviewed and everything have you been prior to that? I know with your recruiting and stuff like that, had you been to a Key West high school football game prior to your first one? Only on film, never uh, and a VHS, let me rephrase. Right, <laughs> right. So never live. 
and never seen the homecoming, which I tell everybody, you you ain't seen homecoming till you go to Key West. There's nothing like it anywhere on earth. I agree. I agree. Like that is an unbelievable, you know, I was watching it this year because Key West High School has the KWHS live on YouTube where you could watch their events. And obviously part of the high school homecoming game is that ceremony. And it just gets bigger and better every year. It is one of the How best it can get in bigger is insane. Yep. Because I, I still tell a story because it happened this year. We were at an away game this year. I was watching because this year I'm not coaching. I'm watching my kid play. And the other team's band kept playing as the halftime ended. And my wife turns around and goes, I know that's a penalty. I said, how do you know that? She goes, Key West. I go, there you go. I said, what happens if the band doesn't get off after they throw the first flag? She goes, you're going to get a second one, and it's going to be ended up another five-yard penalty. I said, what happens when they still don't get off, and the people come out throwing fire in the sky with the sticks that are on fire, the batons? She goes, then it's a 15-yard penalty charge to the coach. I said, what happens, which didn't, right. <laughs> if they still don't get off? She goes, you're ejected, and you get fined. I go, amen. <laughs> yep. I said, and how do we know that? She goes, Key West homecoming she goes and it was worth it i said it was but it was versus pace that was for the district championship (laughs) (laughs) so you so you're telling me like when you get the job you're getting the job around the first of the year in 1994 i think it was a little bit after that because i don't think i think it was i think pat got like after signing day or right before signing day, yeah. but it was right around signing day. I know that. So you're coming down to Key West in the second semester prior to spring football. What, Correct. What was that like coming into Key West High School? Coach Menendez is the principal then. You guys are still obviously at the old building, but but you have a meeting with the players. And for the players, these kids, the only coach they've ever known in their whole life is Coach Freeman. And it's, yeah. it's Key West, and here here's the young new guy, Coach Coach Siegel, do you remember yeah. like your your first couple days and and what that was like? Oof. Yeah, it was some rough stuff going on. Because first of all, here I come rolling in with cowboy boots and, <laughs> right. and a belt buckle because I'm coming from Arkansas, you know. Um, so I learned the word vaquero means redneck, according to Danny Jimenez. By no means cowboy, <laughs> you know. So I, I came in and, and a lot of the kids were hurt because they love Pat. I love Pat. Me I mean, too. You know, so they were hurt, and and I don't know the politics involved, and we all know there's always politics in conk world, um, but whatever happened, happened. So, you know, all of a sudden I'm sitting there, well, i got to put together a coaching staff, and I can't get anybody to come down that can afford to live right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what do I do? You know, so first guy Pat introduces me to is his brother Chuck. Oh, great guy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, and Chuck, I think, would literally give an arm, leg, and a toe for any kid in the world. Period. Mm-hmm. I've never met a guy like that in my life. Oh, my goodness. So meet Chuck. Okay, Chuck's going to coach the D-line. Then I start talking to Robert James, and he's offense coordinator. And, you know, I was a defensive guy at that point, which people don't believe me that I actually coach defense. They all look at me like I'm crazy but because <laughs> I've got a reputation as an offense guy. But I'm like, yeah, I was coaching defense at the time. So I was like, okay, this will work out. I said, uh, you know, we talked a little bit offensive philosophy and stuff. And Robert's former Key West quarterback, FAMU quarterback, mm-hmm. so boom, went there. And then uh, Wayne Miller came in and talked to me about coaching receivers. And then Judd Wise, I think he wanted to coach the kickers, but yes, I don't yes. know what he was doing. <laughs> yes. Okay. Let me tell you he's something. Comedy, he's comedy controls what he is. <laughs> he's he's the best guy. He is the He's a legend in Key West at this point. And Coach Wise ki- coaches the kickers and then takes care of all the things that you don't even know about. Your football operations yep. director was, was for sure. And, you know, him and Robert drove the bus. Absolutely. Yes. So that, that yep. was another thing, you know, and then. Uh, Danny came and coached the linebackers. You know, Danny played at University of Miami, played at Key West. So, you know, you got another legend right there. And I and I, I want to say uh, he's a barber. I forgot his last name. I apologize. I'm just getting so old. You're doing a um, great job so far remembering everybody, Coach. <laughs> I can't believe this. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of mad at myself right now. But he came, started off coaching the DBs in spring. Uh, then because of work, he couldn't do it. You're so talking. Did, about, you're talking about Coach David Goody, correct? David Goody, and then uh, Le, Pat Labrada helped out a little bit in spring, yep. but those two couldn't do it because of work. And Pat made T-shirts, best T-shirts I've ever seen. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. That's his wife's business. He's still down here. He's still down here working. Yeah. So and you, then JV yeah. was Mike Platt, uh-huh. and I don't remember who he had on his staff because. 
me and Mike had a rule. I said, Mike, just make sure they're all learning our system and have them playing. And I'm not even going to mess with you because I'm afraid of you. Because <laughs> <laughs> he told me his nickname was Knock 'em Flat Flat. That was like the first 10 seconds that I met him. <laughs> well, if that was my nickname, I would tell everyone that the first 10 seconds I knew him too. That's a great nickname. <laughs> <laughs> and he to this day I and mean, we're good buddies so i'll get a picture every once in a while of him playing and saying there you go bubba i can still do it <laughs> <laughs> um so you know i'm throwing together staff and then we had the db opening so i brought my brother zeke down who had just got done playing at emporia state university and uh zeke coached defensive backs volunteer coached and because I couldn't afford to pay him. Right. And then he lived on my floor in my where I lived. And I think he worked downtown at one of the bars. And then I needed a no line coach. Um, you know, someone that kind of knew what I was wanting to do. And you got and Mike said, you always got to have one or two of your own guys. So I brought one of my college teammates, uh, Mark Swenson. Uh-huh. And um, Mark ended up coaching the O line, working for uh, Mike and uh, stuff like that. And I think Randy Acevedo coached O line with him. Um, so we had a real, I, I thought I had a, probably one of the best staffs for sure in the keys, not making fun of Todd over at marathon and coach Ramsey over at Coral Shores, uh-huh. but just, they were, and we were all new head coaches at that same time too. That's another kind of cool thing. We'd all came in at the same time. So we, people don't know this, but on Sundays, all three of us would meet in marathon, have yeah. a beer and just kind of talk about strategy and, and help with film exchange and stuff like that. So it was a true family of keys coaches. You know, that was something that people I know don't know. And to this day, cause Wirtz up here retired and uh, we don't, I don't know where Rams is at, but the, me and Todd are up here in the key in the keys in the panhandle. Right. So, you know, I, I hear from him from time to time and it, it was just a great deal. And then, you know, the parents were amazing that we had down there and, you know, uh, the Sawyers with their trophy shop. Amazing. You know, uh, I can go on and on and on. I mean, they're, they're all just awesome. You know, and that first year we had a high school American, Mike Dean at wide receiver. I mean, we had some good football players. Well, definitely. And we're going to we're going to get to that. And also, I really want to talk about this player. You know, I got to the keys in 97 and I have only heard the legend of J.R. Mounts. And we're going to we're going to we're going to get to him later. But before that, when you're you're coming in down to, to Key West and you're putting together your new head coach at the high school level, what is it that you what was your philosophy offensively? I know that you talked to Robert James about that, but what did you think fit Key West High School best offensively and defensively? You know, even though it was way back then and we were a little bit more eye formation and post, we were eye spread. And we're talking about a 94, 95. Mm-hmm. You know, we did a lot of play action because you're going to have to stop that bunch of running backs that we had. And when I say we had a bunch, I'm talking about our last string guy was Ryan Cartha. <laughs> right, right. And he made it to the NFL. <laughs> I mean, he went to the NFL, and that's my fifth string running back. Come on now. Right. <laughs> and, so, you know, uh, and everybody had nicknames. So sometimes if I slip into a nickname, I, I apologize. I just can't. You know, Creep Dog Brown was at corner. Alvin Creep Dog Brown, and right. You know, but we we had a great bunch of running backs. Our offensive philosophy was was we're going to run the football, control the clock, and uh, and don't give you a lot of opportunities to have the ball that first year. And then defensively, you know, we were uh, switching back and forth between a four three cover two and a four four cover three cover four multiple coverage. Um, a lot of that University of Miami stuff, but we wanted to bring pressure, but keep the quarterbacks in the pocket. If it was a mobile quarterback, uh, we felt like we could beat you with our defensive line and we could cover basically anybody we played. We felt we could lock up if we needed to in the back end. But I think one thing that we did that a lot of people weren't doing is every day we were working 15, 20 minutes of special teams. Every single day we mm-hmm. were going to be solid on special teams. And that came from the college coaching in me. And I, I think that really was a big, big, big deal. Well, that's where that's where Coach Wise comes in because he's working with the kickers and everybody else. So we're sort of and we had some out. solid kickers, you know, Bobby Lowe and and uh, Dax Rankin. I mean, we had some good kickers. Key West really has in, in the last 20, 30 years have had consistently very good kickers at Key West High School. Now, Pat had the best kicker probably on earth. Who's that? Um, oh, God, I, he, he's from Israel. I forgot his name. But I got a funny story on that one. I come in and uh, th- I'm watching this kid just kick around, and I go, "Pat, this guy should be going anywhere in the country." Uh-huh. I see he's amazing. He said, "Yeah, you know, no one's really looking at him." I said, well, "Hold on." So I called Notre Dame. <laughs> I said, "Hey, man, 
because I, I knew some guys on staff. I said, there's a kicker here at Key West, and I for life me can't remember his name, and I apologize. I said, he's he's off the chain awesome. You need to take a look at him. They look at the film, boom, boom, boom. Next thing I know, I'm sitting in the office talking to Judd, <laughs> and a phone call comes. Uh, this is Coach Lou Holtz. So I figured somebody pranking me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah, this is Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> 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 yeah. It was Lou Holtz. <laughs> he was calling the offer, the kid. Um, kid ended up not going because parents were freaking out because it's Catholic University and they're from Israel. But, you know, it, it, I was just stunned. I mean, there's a kicker getting offered by Notre Dame at Key West. And it just goes to show you, like, time and time again, and still today, the number of players in Monroe County that are getting overlooked because so many coaches really can't. I can't blame the coaches because they can go to 58 high schools in Dade yeah. and Broward in one day, but it's hard for them to give up that precious time to come down. But that seemed like that was something that you did. Who were the players prior to coming to Key West? Did you come down and actively scout and you were actively interested in, if you could remember? Yeah, well, I signed Jabari, the dancing bear, Lowry, uh-huh. and then uh, Patrick Major. He, Jabari was a D lineman who had the worst. I, I don't want to make the Jabari probably listening. He's going to get mad at me, but he, he could never put his hand in a three-point stance. His palm would go flat on the line and then turn in. Mm-hmm. It was the weirdest thing you ever saw in your life. I go, Jabari, you're killing me. You're going to get me fired. Would you stop doing that? <laughs> and then Patrick Major, who's just probably one of the nastiest, meanest on the field, nicest guy you ever met, off-field linebacker I've ever seen. I mean, well-coached, could read, could run, could change direction. Great player. So, you know, I, I got – I recruited those two and ended up signing those two guys. And I just love recruiting Key West. Even since then, when I, when I've signed guys from Key West since then, you know, well, I didn't, you, you also, I'm correct me if I'm wrong. Did you also ever sign, you signed somebody from marathon too, when you were at Dodge city, right? Yeah. Andy Davis. Right. So you, you have recruited the keys pretty efficiently. So, Going back, what was your first spring like then? You know, you get the job, you roll down in your Jeep, you patchwork together a coaching staff, you find a place, you're trying to figure out how to survive in Key West, making in the 20s, you know, and uh, so your first spring comes, I guess it's May. What happens? How did it go? Um, we played Berlin in the spring game, and I didn't realize the, the rivalry between Berlin and Key West. Uh-huh. We're walking out, and they're they're cussing us out in Spanish, and, and Jimenez is getting upset. Like he's fired up. It doesn't take much to get him going, anyways. Right. But Danny's his neck's bowing up, and he, and uh, he he's getting going, and I'm just kind of, what's wrong with him? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I got. And meanwhile, and I got a great picture of this. I got my dad gum. Hair slicked back. I got my Oakley sunglasses on. I got my cowboy boots, my belt buckle, my jeans. You know, Southern Arkansas, man. Right. (laughs) Well, first first of all, if you have a picture of that, you're going to have to send it to me because that's going to be the thumbnail for this podcast. But go on. I've got it and I'll find (laughs) it right now when we hang up because it's. Yes. That's great. (laughs) It's pretty bad. (laughs) um, So I'm sitting there on the sideline and. it's pregame we're going through stuff and i look over at their offense and i said what is that the bellin wing t that single wing insane and and uh, we had another guy was volunteering he was retired guy from ohio and uh, he he looks because you know what that is i go no i go single wing i said well i know how to stop wing t just getting a 50 box in the ends we got this all day right so you know here we go and i'm telling them you know chase the guards and also we got d tackles blasting into each other and you know, it's like, what in the world? And then they're yelling something at us. They're singing a song. It's apparently it's a dirty song. They sing it in the derogatory toward Key West. Uh-huh. And, I, and I guess that's some robbery I didn't know about. And they're yelling it. And I start singing it. And the coaches are laughing. What are you doing? Like, oh, that's good the song. They go, man, don't, don't do that. <laughs> like, All right. And then about a quarter in the game, you know, we're, we're scoring, but we're having a problem on defense. And I'm getting back. I'm like, what in the world? So I'm yelling throughout. That's not even legal. They don't even have a quarterback on the field. What, what is this thing? They're spinning around back there. Come oh, on, yeah. This is me being young. Coach gets on the head. Oh, coach, that's the spinner. Uh, we need to go ahead and get seven-man, eight-man front, shoot all the gaps, and just mess up the scheme in the backfield. So I call timeout, draw it up, boom, we do it, shut them down, beat them. I'm like, wow, I just won my first game. Spring game doesn't count. It counted for you at the time. My friend Ed Holly says it counts if you win. (laughs) (laughs) So we won that thing, and I walked off the field smiling. I'm like, wow, this is going to be like this. This is going to be all right. 
And then Barry Collier rolled in game one, and that was the end of that. So then, well, at least for you, you know, we all know how important it is. You're going into that job. You're going into Key West. You go in and beat Berlin. That had to be, that had to end the year pretty well for the team, going into summer workouts and everything like that. And one of the things I could remember Coach Kramer telling me, because, you know, I I coached with, with Coach Kramer a long time ago, and they were talking about you. And I don't know if this is true or not, but they said as soon as you came in, to the job when the when the players were doing the warm-ups they would chant state champs is that yeah, true that's true what i told him i said if you can't say it you can't be it like yeah i teach that to my son right now he's one of the top wrestlers in florida and i say if if you can't tell people i'm a champion you can't be one because it means you really don't believe it so we would say ah ooh. Uh, ooh, give me three, give me two, give me one state champ, state champ, state champ. And I said, tell the world what you want to be, put your goal right out there and let them know this is what I'm going to be. If you can't say it, you can't be it. And if you don't want to say it, that means you don't believe it. And you're not a part of us. And if you're not going to be in the boat, get off, get off the boat, go float. You're not in this boat. And we, we were serious, really. Let's be state champs. And people laughed when we first said it, mm-hmm. they didn't laugh that second year. I bet. And, and that's one of the things I, I would, I would contend if you're the head coach at a high school, then ultimately that has to be your goal one day, or then why are you doing it? See what you just said is, is my biggest thing when people talk about going independent and stuff like that. And I've got friends that have done it and they get Mm -hmm. mad at me when I preach to them like this, but I said, then why do it? What are you playing rec ball? I said, let's call it intramurals. And that's what you're doing. Cause you ain't trying to win a state championship. What are you teaching people in life? Man, this job's so hard. I'm just going to tap out and, and uh, not compete. You got to compete. Everything in life is a competition. So your ultimate goal is to win a state championship and go for it. You and, may not have the horses. When I took this sorry job up here and I will say, I don't care. I still call it sorry up here. You know, I, I knew they didn't have the horses. But we were still trying to play for it. And mm-hmm. toward the end, we were showing flashes of, of playing for it. Right. Well, you know, going going back to, to Coach Wise, one of my friends, he has this saying, if you ain't believing, you ain't achieving. And it goes to He's that right. same kind of thing. You got to believe in yourself first. So you're coming down here. And in reality, Key West is, is a 94. They're five, six years out from playing for a state championship. So it wasn't out of the realm of reality for you guys no. to go back and do it. You can see the athletes were there. There was just something missing. I don't know. It wasn't Pat. It was just something missing. I don't know if everybody just kind of got content to sit back on their heels and needed a little cattle prod or something. But yeah, we cattle prodded them. You know, here we go. So we're going to the playoffs. I told them all the very first time. Although I never knew what I was going to say in the newspaper because I never did. Mr. Archer just wrote it and I read what I said later. I said, well, okay. that sounds good. I wish I said that, but that's way better than what I would have said. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, the one thing I always ask to make sure, however he put it elegantly, is to say, we're going to the playoffs. That's not even an option. Of, I don't care about the bowl game. We're going to the playoffs. That's that's it. If we don't reach that the first year, we've not achieved any goals. We didn't work hard enough and we made the playoffs. So how did the how did the community how did they respond to you when you're coming in? Obviously, you know it's Key West in 1994, so it's even a little bit more closed uh, than it is now. So everybody's sure. probably talking, everybody's pointing. You're meeting everybody. How did the community welcome you? Because again, that's a pretty big job right there. I mean, you Pat Pat Freeman had been the head coach for 16 years. You're the first new head football coach in a real long time. You know what mm-hmm. was it like for you in the community? Um, I thought everybody was super nice and you know, and very welcoming. Um, you you know the quote unquote bubble system was still in track, and you had to kind of watch what you did and say to people because you know. And then the one thing that, you know, and I always struggled with, I, I get it. It doesn't matter what you do in football, baseball's king. So you better understand that. I tell that to this day. I said, I don't care if Key West wins three state championships, baseball's still going to be the king. That's a cultural thing. And that's okay. Just know your role. Um, and that was one of the issues we had later on. Um, but, you know, that was one thing I was like, well, what do you mean these kids are going to miss practice to go? practice baseball no they're not i was like whoa not in arkansas anymore ah here we go (laughs) so you just adjust you know and we had a great thing uh you know i was able to work with the baseball coach in the summer so that i found out what his schedule was i worked the weight room around it so if i had to be there at 4 35 o'clock in the morning so be it i had to be there at night so be it i I had my life anyways 
I was single living by myself with, with my brother and my room and a teammate and they were working in the bars all night. So I'm fine. Yeah. And you didn't have any money to do anything anyways. No, I really did. I mean, honestly, <laughs> every once in a while I take the Jeep drive around town just to go look around or I'd go watch pay-per-view fights at Mike Blatt's liquor store. And that was about it, you know? Right. So it was pretty much dedication to football. And I guess it really did come through because your first year you end up making the playoffs. What was the, what was the first season like for you? You know, it was tough because I thought, I thought no way is anybody going to blow us out right out the chute. Baron Collier comes in with that quarterback played for the Gators. Um, I forgot his name and they had a wide out Richardson or Richards or something that played for Colorado. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, we can lock these guys down. No, we can't. Right. <laughs> they whooped us pretty good. And to this day, I told coach Tanner after that game, cause he running clock. I don't think he running clock does. He beat us pretty bad. And he threw one at the end and Dave and me are buddies. But I said, Hey coach Tanner, let me explain something to you. I said, that will never, ever, ever happen again at any place I'm at on my watch. So I hope you enjoyed this. I shook his hand. I said, I bet that won't happen again. It never did. At Venice, I did it to him. So, <laughs> so what was, what was the reaction of like, okay, first of all, did you go to uh Baron Collier or did they come down? Do you remember? We, I think we went to Baron Collier. So our first home game, boy, I think it might've been either Coral Shores or home. It was a win. So it had to be Coral Shores. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like you're talking about 94, 95 season. So when you talk about Baron yeah. Collier, that was your preseason classic. Right. And they smoked us. Yeah. And then you played um, Naples, probably. Naples lately. And it looks like the score was 10, seven. Yeah. See, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're pretty close. Then you play at Homestead and it's like 20, Oof, that was bad. 20 to nothing. Then you play at South Dade and it's like 30 to nothing. But man, let, let's just break this down. Right. You get, you're at Key West high school. And you're playing against Homestead, South Dade, and Naples lately. Those are all humongous schools. So it's yeah, like and Baron Collier was huge too. Yeah, and and Baron Collier is huge. But then you come home, and then you beat Coral Shores thirty-five zero. So yeah. what I mean, I'm sure. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm from Miami. So what was it like going that zero and three? Was did you start to feel some pressure? Uh, people were talking a little bit like, right. you know, this guy came in, he ain't done any better. Da, 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 da. You know, I mean, you don't hear the outside voices. That was one thing I'd known from, you know, coaching for Perry Brown at Pasco when, you know, we inherited a three and seven team and in turn won the state championship. And that very first year of Pasco, we lost one game and people, <laughs> they're going off about that. We lost to Tampa Catholic or Tampa Jesuit, Tampa Catholic, uh, 21-20. And I uh, ended up having to go to bowl games to the playoffs because back then only the conference champion went to the playoffs. Yes, sir. Um, and uh, you know, all the people in town, get out of here, go back to go back to Oak Calorie came from. And I was like, what's wrong with these folks? <laughs> so I kind of knew, you know, in the back of my head that Key West is even more intense. So yeah, I, I, you could hear a little bit, but I wasn't worried about it because I knew we were, we were sticking to the plan. We we're playing people who just had more horses than we did. You know, and that we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. And when Coral Shores came in, I didn't know right away because Coral Shores was coming off a pretty good playoff run, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was I was a little bit worried. And then, you know, right at the beginning of the game, I knew right away, Jerry, I think, took off down the sideline. And I think, uh, oh, God, what's the little running back's name? Mm, he went to Alabama a and uh, he took off on one, and, and that was the end. Ramon Richardson. And uh, then I knew that, okay, they ain't stopping us today. And then Brunel took off. Oh, Castile took off on an option. Bubba took off. We started putting it on them pretty good. So I said, hey, let's get everybody in this game. No need to embarrass these guys because I want to keep playing them. It saves us money to only have to go halfway up the keys or them coming half down. It's a nice gate. And they never played us again, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was just looking right now. Yeah, they didn't play you guys next year. Um, but it's very interesting. You know, I, it's it's unique because at the beginning for your preseason, you play Baron Collier. But then after Coral Shores, you play Baron Collier again. This time you lose yep. only 42-35. So then that might have got the kids believing. Am I right, Coach? Oh, yeah. I mean, the kids, you know, anytime you win, kids are going to believe, hey, you know what? We can do this. You know, so now we're putting points up. You get in a shootout with a Division One quarterback, you're gonna have a hard time. But they, you know, playing Baron Collier close after the way we handled it in the, in the kickoff classic, I was like, hey, see, now you can play with anybody you want to. You got to believe. Now, mind you, we're zero three going into Coral Shores, and we're still saying state champ, state champ, state champ. 
Right. You, if you're not believing, you're not achieving. Um, exactly. You come off a Baron Collier, then you beat, I'm sure, a tough Gulliver Prep School, 42-35. Oh. Uh, Ricky Surreal was the running How did I remember that? I'm uh. a freak. <laughs> Ricky <laughs> Surreal was the running back, and he'd been putting up 200. I, I'm friends with Ricky you now. I ended up recruiting him in college later on. Um, but 250, uh yards a game. I mean, the guy was just – and we, we're going to stop him. And I think if I remember right, Bobby Lowe kicked one of the field goals into the, the little water area out there, the, the golf or whatever. Yeah. And uh, we, we're starting to freak out about footballs because we put a couple of them in there in pregame. <laughs> so I was like, uh, we might run out of football today, boys. So uh, Bobby, ease up on those kicks. Right. You're definitely not going to say stop scoring for sure. Um, no. You lose to the, the all-time Key West rival, Monsignor Pace. And then yeah. you come back and you beat Shamanad Madonna 41-15. Lose yeah. to American Heritage, a, an, an unusual score, 11-17. Yeah, the lights went out in that game three times. When we, I remember that game. That was Dwayne Walker, the running back, and uh, Byron Walker was the head coach. And uh, you know that, that place was a factor. But the lights kept going off during the game. And we're like standing around. I see an hour delay. The lights come back out. So that was just a really <laughs> weird football game to start with and it's like it's already difficult enough being from key west or marathon and coral shores and having to make that long drive and then you get to the game and then you got to sit even longer you come back and and just like in the springtime you beat Berlin 24 7 that must have been a big win for you coach oh yeah that was that was nice and rich stewart's a buddy of mine is today and you know so every once in a while i talk a little smack about that one (laughs) But then I think 94, 95 uh, is the first year that district runner up can go to the playoffs. Correct. So you yep. end up in the playoffs with all time Key West rival. They've been playing, I probably for the last 50 years or more Cardinal Gibbons in the playoffs. So yep. you're in the playoffs. That had to be a huge win for you. You had to feel good about that. The kids had to be ecstatic about that. So you guys in, are in the playoffs. What do you remember about that? Uh, I think that was Coach Marino, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, They're all from Boston over there. So in pregame, I'm giving them a hard time. Like the same Boston boys, you know, South Florida. Um, but, you know, they're, Everybody knows Cardinal Gibbons got all those guys recruited over there, and <laughs> they look like a small college football team, and we look like a a, a good good looking high school football team. We just didn't have the numbers they had. And I think at the end of the game, that's what it was. No excuse. I mean, they beat us. So, but it was excited to get to the playoffs, and I knew that as long as we were competitive in that playoff, that that would lead to next spring. Okay, now that brings us to the offseason weights get us lifting the guys ain't playing basketball and we didn't have wrestling at the time. So it was just the basketball guys. They would lift when they could. The rest would lift with me. Boom. Get ready for spring. Bam. Here we go. Right. And then you, you start 95, 96, you have a, a very, very successful spring campaign over the summer. You start out by winning your, your first two games, Tampa Catholic, 40 to 15 Tampa Catholic's always a juggernaut, a great high school. Kenny Kelly was the quarterback that went to Miami. Oh, yeah. uh, Jack Daryl Jackson went to the Seahawks as a wide receiver. They had number one pass offense in the country. And, uh, I, you know, i hate Tampa Catholic from my Pasco days, even though their head coach is a friend. So they came down and you know, you're talking about one of the top quarterbacks in the country. And we mm-hmm. had to pin him in there and made a nice solid defensive plan. Jason McCauley kept him in the pocket. Richard Niles on the other end, kept him in the pocket. Uh, ABBA and uh, the linebackers really did a good job. And the back end guys, you know, covered Jack. They shut Daryl Jackson. I mean, that's an NFL receiver. He couldn't get past our little key West comp guys. We whooped him. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you this. I think this is interesting because even like today with, with all of the private schools, all of the charter schools, you know, at our level, the smaller levels of football, sometimes like that, that home football experience is sort of watered down because there's just so many schools. Sometimes you're playing at parks or different fields. Were there times even back then in 94, 95, where a team came down to Key West and for them, it's probably the only time in their high school career they're traveling for four plus hours, but they got to Key West High School and the home field advantage really played big. You come into the, I used to call it the Conk Dome. When you come in the Conk Dome, I said, that thing's wild, you know, and and you're, you know, oh my God, I'm in Key West. So your parents are on party mode. So they're not really 
into it because by the time game time comes around, they're either hung over or done sunburned to death. So they're not going to be cheering as loud as our home fans who this is it. This is their team. This is like, I used to tell people there ain't no Miami dolphins in key West are too far away. New York's Miami's too far away. We're it. So we're their team and, and they're going to come out. They're going, we had a home field advantage and I would always make an alleged joke to the foreign, the, other coach, I said, Fire, you got to watch what you're drinking that water. Unfortunately, we drink a lot of seawater down here, so there's a lot of salt in it. So be careful. And they would all freak out and like try to get bottled waters and stuff. And so we would mess with them as much as we could to get, get us a better home field advantage. And then, you know, the local refs are always, all those guys are all related to you guys. Like, I don't even know these guys. I mean, I did. But. Right. Right. <laughs> that That's, that's always a big bone of contention is the, the idea about the referees and all that. Um, it even and it's funny because I know from experience it goes both ways because sometimes the coaches and the people in Key West will complain about the referees and then oh, the other yeah. teams will co- like those referees they can't win man so going in 95 96 your your second year there obviously you have JR Mounts and that that's the guy yeah. that was your running back like when did you realize uh, did you realize when he was a junior how special he was when did you realize realize that he was going to be legit before his junior year he ran a 438 dwight <laughs> thomas's combine and i said oh my god <laughs> i said okay you know and then the thing is what people don't realize jr was like ugly fast anthony thompson at white wasn't slow mm-hmm. Heck, he went to illinois um ended up coaching with me at dodge city i mean anthony could, could run and he's six two it's Corey or his brother and then he got uh Abadevit at fullback had transferred from Marathon and he could run. And then Bubba Collins, he could run. Vernell Castile, quarterback, he could run. Um, guy, we got had a bunch of guys that could run. Carmen, uh, the, the Butler kid came in from Marathon, he could run. I mean, we had cats that could just pick their feet up and go. You know, and then according to Sean Condell, our offensive line could run, but he's lying. Right. <laughs> they could eat, they couldn't run. <laughs> but we had some big kids up front. You know, Eric Grimace, uh, Heck was probably six foot five, 260. Um, you know, Macaulay went to Maryland, was probably six foot three, 250. I mean, we had some big guys up front. You know, Condello was the midget, at, you know, I don't care what he says, he's probably five nine, five eight, 240. And then the rest of the guys, you know, were six three, six four, big guys, you know, big, big. We had a big line, you know, so we, we could lean on you if we needed to, but the speed was just. But JR was a freak. Right. I mean, he turned the corner. You, okay, extra point. You didn't have to worry about somebody catching him. I, I mean, Pace wasn't <laughs> catching him. So if they ain't catching him, nobody's catching him. So going into his senior year, how did, did you guys do anything special for him offensively? Did you guys change the system at all to, to sort of go? No, because no, our deal was three-headed monster. Stop the, stop the perimeter pass. Stop the inside run with Abba. Stop the outside run with JR. And then if you try to stop all those our quarterbacks are going to run the football we were running we were using running quarterbacks in 95 when you know, just didn't really see it like that and mm-hmm. i ain't talking triple option i'm talking quarterback run game so you know we were a little bit of cutting edge and then defensively we were rolling into a bear four six and bringing pressure to your quarterback and our defensive philosophy back then was you're not running past our dbs because they were fast too and you know, if your quarterback is willing to stand in there, you better have a second string guy because we're going <laughs> to put the first one out. So you, you end up getting wins that year against Tampa Catholic, Bishop Vero, Monsignor Pace, Gulliver Prep, Shamanad Madonna, and American Heritage. Of those wins, which ones really stand out for you that year? Pace, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Tampa Catholic, for Andy Siegel reasons, Pace for program, Key West, Everything. I mean, you, you know, you, like you said, you're from Miami. You understand the Key West is the little vacation town down there. You know, you, you get that little chip on your shoulder toward Miami, and you know, and then you know, you always hear about Pace and and uh, they're great players. And their head coach was a great guy. Oh my God! You know, he came down from PA, I think. And and, and there's nothing. Everybody in our district got along because I had a coaches camp. Brad Leach and Mummy and Holgerson all come down, and those all the high school coaches came down to and met I, I opened it up to everybody learn from these guys go ahead you know right. and it was great but yeah beating pace was amazing it was homecoming and um i remember they had the fire throwers in the air and the guy blowing the conch shell and 
I, I, of course, you know, time changes things, but I swear there wasn't a seat open on the visitor side, the home side, and standing all the way around the fence. And then the practice field, which is behind the end zone away from the, the scoreboard, there's mm-hmm. people packed up into there. I mean, the street was locked down. It was, it was a, it was a madhouse. You could not hear, like, Robert would say something to me, like, I don't even know what you're saying, brother. I can't hear that. <laughs> so, it was loud. <laughs> so you end up you end up winning that game 34 to 20. That must have been a great moment for the guys, but you go ahead and you actually are the last Key West High School head football coach to win his district. You end up winning the district. And what was that like for you, coach? Um, it was good because we knew we were gonna host a playoff game and and, and you always got to keep finances in the back of your head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. That bus, the hotels, the meals, and just the hassle of it. Although for key West kids, I really think travel isn't an issue because they've done it their whole life in little league mm-hmm. all the way on up. So they're so used to it that I think that's actually an advantage to ours, but it was nice to host a playoff game. And, uh, you know, we weren't sure who it was going to be, but it ended up being uh, Oakland park Northeast out of Fort Lauderdale. And you guys ended up winning that game, right? Yeah, we won that football game. A little closer than it should have. I think uh, a couple guys were banged up. I don't, I don't remember the facts, but, yeah, we lost to a close game to them, and they had a bunch of guys get banged up, which hurt us the next week because we should have beat Rockledge, and we didn't. So then that that you win the district, you end up winning a home playoff game, but still the progression is there. You know, year one, you end up being district runner up going up to the playoffs. The next year you win the district, you win a playoff game. Um, yeah. And then and then what happens next? We lose to Rockledge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, man. And the season's over and, and you're picking up. And what was uh what was, Go back to the weight room, get after it again was the initial plan. Um, I was a little frustrated with some things. And so I I was looking around a little bit. Of course, I got married that summer. Uh-huh. Um, and my wife was working at Glen Archer Elementary. So that was nice. Um, but I was getting a little frustrated with just some things because the things you need to take it to the next level, which is the state championship, I just didn't think we were getting for whatever reason and you know who knows maybe looking back i was just too young and stupid should have shut my mouth and just done my job you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah you you make all those realizations when you're older i just turned yeah. 50 and then you look back and you go what what was i thinking man what was my problem oh yeah no doubt because like i'm sitting now going okay my son could be wrestling for for uh chaz Jimenez, right um playing football for the conks uh, the kid loves to fish and hunt i mean hunting might not have been that great down there <laughs> pop key deer when no one's looking oh, just joking right, right just joking everybody yeah <laughs> you know and then my best friend is literally the head coach of coral shores right now so it's kind of like you know wow life could have but you just never know because okay at the end of the day who you know maybe i didn't keep winning maybe i, I would start losing and then we'd all gone down south anyways and then the people i've met and the things i've gotten to since then are so awesome that mm-hmm. it's all right yeah, I mean, I I don't know. With with I think I'm pretty sure that Pat Freeman still is the longest tenured head coach. I mean, 94. That's that's a long time ago. I don't know if you I don't know if you would have made the ups and downs of Key West in 2022 from 1994. No, it's changed so much because every once in a while, you know, I came down recruiting a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it, oh, I can't remember the kid's name. It's that went to Iowa, went to the NFL. And all. Oh, Mackay, Mackay, Mackay Sergeant. Makai. So, you know, I looked at Makai on film when I was at Savannah State and he ended up going to Chico. And then I think there was a running back bacon before him that we looked at. Mm-hmm. Um, I signed, oh my God, it was a D tackle. I signed to Dodge or Sequoias that was actually my daughter, my wife taught him in elementary school. Oh, he was course. my ball boy at Key West. And then, you know, so all those guys you know i kept coming back and then recruiting marathon and coral shores and you know so forth and so on so i you know i kept track with the keys and yeah i just think with the changes and stuff i said and i'll tell you what i i i think Coach is doing a great job right now. He's running that triple option. A hundred percent. Coach Hughes has been on, come on the podcast plenty of times. He's actually a very. Oh, Johnny's had been there forever too. Oh yeah. He? He's, he's close. He's not 16 years yet, but he's, he's getting there and that could be the guy to break it. Coach Hughes does a fantastic job with his flex bone and his ability to score on the best teams in the country consistently and putting out a quality oh, yeah. program year in and year out. Coach Hughes. And let me add a great guy. 
Absolutely. hundred percent. And then Jerry Hughes, another great, I mean, you those know, are all Key West families, you know, and, and mm-hmm. are great people. You're, you're in good, when you talk about Key West high school head football coaches, you're in good company coach. There's a lot of great guys oh. there that, that did that job. And just to be part of that history is an honor in itself. Oh, I, I'm proud of it. Like, you know, and every year I go hang out with, with uh, Leach. So I went up to Mississippi state and I was giving him a hard time. So I was looking around his office. I didn't see his honorary conk. I said, no, hold on, man. We, you and me worked hard to earn those. Where is yep. yours? And then I saw it. I saw okay, never mind. I'll leave you alone. You know, that, <laughs> that, that's an interesting story that I always wonder what if. So you move on. You know, you're moving into the to the college ranks. You're moving out of right. Key West. They have the these interviews, and it comes down to two coaches. Uh, I think it's New Hampshire, Fred Denon running the wing tee, and it's yep. Mike Leach is trying to become the head. Yep. He's trying to become the head football coach at Key West high school. Now was this, did, did history repeat itself? Did Mike Leach contact you? Hey coach, what's going on? So here's what happened. So me and Mike are buddies, right? (laughs) Because I brought them down to my camp and took them all fishing and, you know, from coaching against each other. So I called Mike. I said, Hey, let me know if anybody's looking for an assistant coach on the college level. Otherwise I'm about to take one of these high school jobs that pay a lot. I said, but I just, I don't know. And he's like, well, which ones you looking at? And at that point it came down to a mock head coach at a mock, the head coach at Venice head coach at Daytona beach mainland. Uh, Oh my God. The high school that Tebow played at, I forgot the name of it now. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I uh, went up in the panhandle and I was all five and told me I'm their guy, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, ah. so I talked to Leach and he said, well, wait a minute. You know, I always wanted to be the head coach down there. I said, shut up. No, you don't. He goes, no, I'm dead serious. I said, well, here's who you need to talk to. And I gave him the phone numbers and called for him. And I think they thought he was joking that he wasn't serious. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they did interview him and all that. They just, my opinion, no offense to Fred Dennett. I don't know Fred from come here and sick him. But they should have hired Mike. But at the end of the day, college football would not be the way it is today if that happened. That being your first head coach experience right there and what did you take from key west high school what lessons did you learn as your career continued to move forward and again i, I keep bringing the guy's name up but mike black taught me a lot of stuff that, you know my, people realize mike coached up in georgia and played at florida state he, he had a lot of coaching experience and he, he would tell me you know one a head coach asked and this was a huge part of my career probably big he said head coach needs to control the offense Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the game, if you're if you're over there worrying about defense, you're not you know going to do. Do I do this? Do I do that? He said, a head coach needs to control the offense. So when I got to Venice High School, I flipped over the offense, and that was one of the big things I learned. I also learned from Key West. You got to stay on that. Got to be flexible. Don't think I was real flexible at Key West. As, as, as I looked at things, you know. And of course, there was a couple hard things. I had to suspend a couple guys for a game that we ended up losing that were all starters because they missed practice and uh, they pulled a prank and pretended to be somebody's mom. Had a girl call and say, Yeah, such and such, such and such, such and such can be late for practice. Oh, they were down at Smathers Beach hanging out. <laughs> well, I, I suspended them for a game. And I said, You know, nobody's bigger than the team. And these were. These was my first year, and these were starters and captains and the whole thing, and it was it was it was rough, and I caught a whole lot of grief over it. But I think if you ask those guys to this day, I think that was a heck of a lesson that you know there's no shortcuts in life. Well, you know, hopefully, you like to think that your players learned a lot of lessons from your coaching when you were at Key West High School, and you took a few lessons away, and it it seems like you did. You've had a very successful coaching career and uh what do you what what's next for you what do you want to do next <laughs> i don't know i'm waiting to grow up so i can do my next thing <laughs> you know? um i i came back to high school coaching and this was a one of those wake-up calls that i, I had a long talk with the line coach of florida state over this and we both teared up a little bit over it because we we go way back and I was over there BSing with him. He goes, what made you give up the college thing? He said, you were on a fast track. And I was an offense coordinator at Savannah State, UNK, and a couple of good places. And I said, you know, man, I was looking at my daughter one day, and she said, Dad, you've never seen me play volleyball. 
And I said, you don't play anymore? And she goes, uh, no. And I said, oh, man. Oh. So that, that kind of kicked me in the ears. And then my son, Austin, I'd never seen him play football. Only wrestling I saw was on the computer, you know, on this little thing called track wrestling. And then every once in a while, like between recruiting trips, I, I could slip in and watch him wrestle. But never got to see him play football. And all of a sudden, it's, he's going into his junior year of high school. I'm like, oh, this is bad. And then my little one, Bear Bryant, I never seen him doing anything. Heck, and I tell everyone this story, it makes everybody freak out. He was born September 6th. I was there for, for his birth, and then I had to haul butt back to practice at Southern Miss. Mm -hmm. So my family, my wife and kids were in California because I hadn't moved them to Mississippi yet because we got the job late. So they were in California. I was in Mississippi, so I saw Bear his, the day he was born, and then I saw him again Christmas Eve, Christmas Day because of bowl game. Um, and then I was there, I think, to New Year's Day. Then I went back home again till spring break for three, four days. Uh, then I saw him again, you know, the, the 4th of July week. Then I saw him again Christmas. Then I saw him spring break and 4th of July, the first four years of his life, you know, because of recruiting and everything. And, mm -hmm. and I said, you know, I came in, I said something to him. He just looked at my wife and didn't look at me. And I said, all right, that's it. So, you know, left Southern Miss, went and coached some stupid outdoor arena football in California. That was, <laughs> uh, was uh, that wasn't worth it. Somebody, somebody <laughs> thought they had like the million dollar idea outdoor arena football. Yes, yeah. somebody was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we won a dadgum championship, so I got a nice ring out of the deal. That was nice. Got to, you get some hardware. It's a positive. Yeah, I mean, you um, quali did you start out the season by saying uh, world champs outdoor arena football every time they warmed up? Oh, I didn't say that there because <laughs> I didn't even know half the rules. I was like, uh, <laughs> we got to win despite the coaching on this one. Yeah. So I just, I would run all our plays and just subtract three guys off the playbook, white them out, and enough we would go. And, um, but we actually, I think we went 14 and one and broke a bunch of passing records and stuff. And so that was a nice deal. Um, but I told the GM, so this isn't for me. And uh, I had an opportunity to go to the University of Nebraska. Carney is offensive coordinator. Again, one of those deals. Scott calls me a defense coordinator I'd known from when I was coaching junior college and calls me and said, Hey man, uh, we're looking for an OC. Are you interested? I said, of course I am. And next thing you know, I'm off in Kearney and my wife got a job as a professor. So everything was great. I'm with a guy that's been there 25 years. So you got to think you got longevity and the next, his next one has got to be AD. Mm -hmm. and, I, and our AD at the time was the assistant AD from the university of Florida for years. So I was like, these are great people. AD retires, new AD comes in. It's not our head coach and we get fired right after uh, beating the number 12 or number 10 team in the country in a blizzard, 48 to 47. And I'm like, oh, my God, here we go again. So I said, you know, I'm so sick of this. Uh, so I took the job at Boynton Beach High School as head coach AD, Lamar Jackson, senior year. Mm -hmm. And my buddy's the, Rick Swain's the head coach. So Rick goes, look, I'm retiring the second that we lose in his playoffs or state championship, whatever. <laughs> he said, so come on down. So I was there for the playoffs. And just kind of advising and watching and, you know, Rick, that staff was like all-star staff. I was so intimidated watching those guys work. Um, and then when the season ended, Rick named me head football coach AD and then my dad passed away. So I was like, yeah, I think that's just a message to go back to college. And it just, it wasn't the right fit. I just didn't great people just wasn't the right fit for me. I'm not a big city guy. Right. Um, so long story short, I went to Savannah State as offensive coordinator. <laughs> between that and Key West, probably my two favorite places. People have asked one of my two favorite places that I ever lived would be Key West and Savannah State. Key West won, Savannah State, like 1B. Right. I, I just love Savannah, Georgia. I thought it was one of the greatest places. Unfortunately, you know, head coach AD had a situation at the, at the end of the season, after a season break. Great deal. We ended the season upset in FAMU and. I signed Mr. Football out of Florida, so we had a pretty good team coming. And uh, coaching change took place, and I was like, here we go again. So I orally accepted a job at Mississippi State to coach for Dan Mullen and then found out there's no wrestling in Mississippi, and I couldn't do that to my sons and wrestlers. Mm -hmm. So I took a job up in Wisconsin at a high school. It was too cold for me, so a year and a half later, I said, I'm going to go finish up in Florida again. And I said, ah, you know, I never coached in the Panhandle, so <laughs> I've coached every other part of Florida. Why not? Right. Um, this place was assistant AD, head football administrator, no teaching, it's K through 12. So my kid could re wrestle as a middle schooler in varsity and took the job and, you know, then 
So I had enough of it physically. My hips giving out, my back's giving out. You, know, you get old. And yep. So now I'm on to my next thing, trying to learn the restaurant business and oh. see if this is something I can do. I've, a friend of mine in town owns a bunch of restaurants all over. And so he's got me working for him at a restaurant, learning how it's run and everything. And I've learned from that because I'm a football coach. I want to learn from the bottom up from the equipment room all the way up to the, you know, whatever. So I started off learning how to wash the dishes and now I've, I've cooked. I can do the labor. I can do everything, run the labor. I can do all that stuff. I'll run the orders for the food. Um, so we're just waiting for the economy to kind of settle down and we're going to open up coaches championship grill and it's going to have a key West call helmet in there. And, uh, hoping Sean Candela finds me an old key West Jersey to throw in there. Cause I know he's still in town and we'll, we're going to throw some stuff from every place I've coached that up in there. And it's stuff guys that I've coached that went to the NFL donated and stuff like that. It's going to be a neat place. It's and there will be concreters because my time at Key West has made me addicted. <laughs> right, but they're they're going to have to be from George Myra's conk mix. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> well, I, I really enjoyed having this conversation. I think a lot of the people that listen to the podcast are going to be able to remember a lot of the things that we talked about. Thanks so much, Coach Siegel, for coming on today. Oh, anytime. And I'll try to find some stuff for you, like some pictures and whatnot. If I can find them, I don't know. I got to dig around. But I tell you what, I just love the, our time at Key West. Love, love coming back and um, love hearing from all our old players down there. They, they, they still hit us up from time to time and get a hold of us. You know, Anthony Thompson actually lived with me in Kansas for a little bit, too. So that was crazy. <laughs> that, that, that's great, man. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald, the only place to get your Florida Keys prep sports news and history. Remember, guys, you can find this podcast every Thursday at keysweekly.com. Please share and like it. You could find me on Facebook at Florida Keys and Key West High School Sports History. Thank you guys so much for listening and have a great Thanksgiving.